0: I actually uh, initially didn't even realise it was an earthquake.
1: So I remember that I was in my bed at the time because obviously it happened at night time.
0: Woke up to the shakes, then everything's sort of going all over the place and it's like just sensory overload.
1: And I remember feeling my mum shaking me and yelling at me to get up and wake up and get in the doorways. Just
0: a very like blur of like a chaotic moment type of situation.
1: And I remember seeing my dad trying to walk to my brother's room to wake him up. Seeing his legs shaking and, yeah, it was
2: a bit bit freaky at the time. It happened 10 years ago today at 4.35am.
1: It would appear that um, Christchurch has been shaking like a leaf. Now, I'll read you some of the reports that are coming in from listeners. We've received a lot of text messages. You have no idea what we've just been through in Christchurch. It's still shaking, the most frightening I've ever experienced. Power gone, still aftershocks. Huge in Rangiora. Worst here since 1974, according to Tony. More jolts. Huge earthquake in Christchurch. Still rolling stuff. Huge.
0: Running out of the house with my parents and just being out there. I think we were actually listening to national radio.
2: A major earthquake has hit Christchurch, damaging buildings, roads and cutting power to large areas of Canterbury. The 7.4 magnitude quake hit at 4.35am at a depth of 10 kilometres and 30 kilometres west of the city. The damage in the central city is described as considerable. And that means a whole generation of Christchurch kids have grown up in the shadow of the earthquakes which devastated the South Island's biggest city. And if you think about it, that's pretty amazing. Entire childhoods spent surrounded by rubble, and road cones and hivers, vis kids who learned about liquefaction before they learned about algebra. And now as they get ready to leave school, their final exams are taking place amid another disruption, a global pandemic. I'm Emile Donovan, and today on The Detail we're speaking to two Christchurch high school students who lived their whole childhoods in New Zealand's most turbulent city. Jasmine Keating is a Year 12 student at Limwood College. As we heard, she was asleep at her home in Limwood, where she's lived her whole life, when the quake hit early in the morning. I asked her how it's been growing up in the city.
1: Oh, it's been a bit freaky. You're very uncertain of what's going to happen next and whether there's going to be a massive earthquake. I know that I've had to adapt to the feeling of what it feels like to be in an earthquake. And, um, you know, just remember to to always keep myself safe and always remember to keep others safe as well.
2: I went back to Christchurch a couple of months after the big February one, and there were still lots of big, powerful aftershocks hitting all the time. When an aftershock would hit, I would freak out, you know? Yeah. I'd I'd look for a doorway or something like that, and I'd be sweating and my heart would be pounding. And the guy who I was hanging out with, he was totally chill. Because it was a f- it was a few months of this, and he was saying like, you have to get used to it if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna be here. Like, is that something that you've kind of had to do, like grow a set of armour almost?
1: Yeah, I know I've had to. Um, I know my mum and my siblings have had to. Um, we've had to just basically, you know, prepare ourselves. Uh, we have an emergency box now, filled with batteries, um, wind up radios. That's one of the things that we use during the earthquakes. Um, candles. Because during the earthquakes, there was a time where it was just pitch black because the power had gone out. So we had to prepare ourselves for that as well.
0: The normal for us is having these up and down roads, no buildings, and everything's broken around you, like the cathedral's gone, and like we've only recently started to have somewhat of a CBD back. That's Angad Vraish, a Year 13 student at my old high school, Christ College and it sort of manifested itself somewhat actually a couple of months ago I was up in Wellington and just seeing buildings around which like weren't broken kind of was like whoa this is such a cool city and then like you take a step back and you're like am I just impressed by the fact that everything isn't broken you know I remember going to the movies and in, in, like even up to recent years and Like I don't know maybe the truck outside or something and like there's like a little bit of a shake and like immediately first thought is this an earthquake what's happening do we have to get outside and just some stuff like that and like obviously like not quite I didn't we didn't like parking underneath roofs and stuff so every every time we'd go somewhere it was always okay we have to find a place to park which isn't underneath a parking roof or something because we have to be able to get out of here in case of an earthquake and just sort of growing up with that and then, like, realising everybody doesn't have that mindset has been kind of interesting.
2: School principals say they're planning extra measures to help stressed and traumatised students returning to class. All but nine of Canterbury's 213 schools will be open today, most for the first time since the earthquake. The rest will open later this week, but three schools won't be back to their normal grounds until next term. Ian Telfer reports. The principal of Lincoln High School, Linda Tame, says the first thing her students will do today is to run through the earthquake drill. She says she's expecting some students will struggle at first.
1: They've had very varying experiences. Some have had um, a huge amount of damage to their homes and others have had almost none. And so for them, we're going to, we're going to need to watch out for them and we're going to be putting in place screening strategies to ensure that, that we do watch out for those students that need the extra care and attention.
2: Do you think your youth has made it easier or or more difficult to sort of process
0: what's happened in, in in the environment in which you've grown up well obviously i have nothing to compare it to but at mm. the same time i think being younger and just um it, it being our norm has made it sort of like a just a part of life which we've just grown up with and there's nothing to compare it against it really for us like this is just how it's been
2: did you develop coping mechanisms, interests, or forms of escapism that you could kind of turn to?
0: I'd say somewhat, and I definitely see it in everybody around me. And obviously there's a lot of talk about like the use of Canterbury having all these coping mechanisms because there's been so much which has been going on in the region. And I think part of it is it's opened up a lot more of having those conversations with those around you. Like from a very young age, we were talking about to each other what happens during the earthquakes at our houses and how that works. So just, I think there was a lot more like transparency and like deep talk between us individuals about like how everything works and connecting like that way.
1: Yeah, me and my friends talked about it all the time. We'd talk about what we did, um, how our family was, what it was like when the power went out, you know, all those types of stuff. in a way, kind of made us closer to each other, in some sense, which I'm really thankful for. I actually do kapahaka, and at the time, my group was really supportive, and we we just sung songs sometimes to get through it. I think we our school made raps about the earthquakes. Yeah. Actually, um, I remember we. We made raps and recorded them just to show our support for the other people who, who were going for the same thing and who had it worse than us.
2: Do you remember your rap?
1: I'm not going to do it over the phone because nope, nope, I could not. I do remember it, I do remember it.
2: Jasmine, crushingly resisted our pleas to perform the rap for us, but she did get us some footage of her kapahaka group, Kinihia Kapahaka, from last year.
1: Kapahaka, for me that's a sense of family, you know, they have your back, and even though we were so young as kids, we were taught that we're a family, so you need to able to look out for one another and especially during the time of the earthquakes you had to make sure that everyone was safe and you had to not worry about yourself more than others but yeah it brought a sense of family and it was really good it was a safe place Um, and you're just able to open up how you felt about the whole thing and there were tears but you know we all came together and we're just happy in the end How
0: did you feel when you went to other places in New Zealand? I mean, the first thing, which is like a bit of a cliche now for every Cantabrian, is when you go somewhere else and make some sort of comment about how the roads are okay. But, like, travelling up to Wellington, to Auckland, down to Dunedin, it just seeing that all of those heritage buildings are intact and there is a fully functioning city and there's not as many construction sites... Definitely gives you a sense of we really do have it somewhat different here in Christchurch. For Jasmine, faith was really important to help her get
2: through.
1: Yeah, God for me, um, we just put our faith in prayer. I know that some people don't really have that religious belief in God and they have other different gods and all that, but my family, we decided to put our faith in prayer and, you know, just believe that he had us and that he was going to keep us safe. And he has. I mean, I'm still living. I've I've survived through multiple earthquakes, aftershocks. But, yeah, my church definitely had um, support, and they offered food packages and, you know, just stuff that we need if we need it.
2: Other people around your age, do you think that the earthquakes have affected the... The mental health, or even the resilience of many teenagers in Christchurch.
1: Yeah, I, I would say that it has, but you know, it's up to them if they want to express how it made them felt. Like I know that I talked to my mum about how it made me felt, and um, she was very supportive, and you know, we we made sure that. I was safe and I felt safe in my environment and, you know, just that type of stuff.
2: There was so much coverage of the Christchurch earthquake for months and months and months after it kind of happened. And at a certain point, maybe the rest of the country started to get Christchurch earthquake fatigue, you know? Oh, yeah, we know there's been an earthquake in Christchurch. We know it's been really bad, you know, yada, yada, yada. Let's move on to something else. I remember talking to someone about that around the time, and it was really upsetting because it felt almost like the rest of the country wanted to kind of move on, but the impacts of
0: the earthquake, you know, far out, they're still being felt today. Definitely, and um, you talk about that fatigue, especially in that general, like, immediate, like, I don't know, several months after the earthquakes, whereas, like, it was being felt by everyone, me personally, um, not very affected, but obviously since our fare was okay we had families staying with us for up to like four or five months after the february earthquakes because they couldn't go back to their houses everybody here was feeling the earthquakes so like i do get that media fatigue we get that was covid now as well right Mm. but the earthquakes were affecting everyone i think although we've been through all this we're still very lucky and personally the earthquakes didn't personally affect my fare or anything so that was all okay Mm. but I do see that general sentiment of Christchurch is a broken city. But let's just get out of here. And a lot of like youth and people my age saying, "We just want to go somewhere else. We don't want to stay in Christchurch. I'm sick of seeing the broken buildings and the construction sites and the up and down roads all day." So I do understand. Do like see that sentiment around me all the time? Not really feeling it yourself, in a sense, though? Somewhat, and like obviously there is frustration to be had, and like everything's broken and we don't really have a city and yeah there's frustration there but of course you have to contrast it with the fact that we are of course still very lucky to be in a functional city and have a lot more than other people around the world
1: Welcome to the special edition of Checkpoint on the shootings in Christchurch. I'm Lisa Owen. Mm-hmm. Horror in Christchurch this afternoon after shootings at two mosques in the city. Those are Majid Al-Noor Mosque mm-hmm. on Deans Avenue that is right opposite Hagley Park and at another mosque in Linwood. There are reports of multiple injuries and fatalities with witnesses reporting seeing a man enter the mosque opposite Hagley Park dressed in a military jacket and he just started shooting, they say.
2: We saw one of the fathers who um, started crying, and we thought we thought we would sing sometimes like Lean On Me because we knew that it was just him crying there. So we all got together. I just grabbed on to a school one of the schoolgirls and I told the boys to join in, and we all started singing um, Lean On Me just to prove that you know there's always a shoulder for them to lean on, even if we're strangers. But we're always here to help, especially as New Zealanders, that we're um, always here for anyone to cry on. the quakes happened 10 years ago but then of course in March of last year we also had the horrifying mosque shootings one of which yeah. was pretty close to you guys I think at the Limwood mosque. That must have been pretty traumatic as well.
1: Mm. At the time I was actually out of Christchurch. I was in Living Springs for uh, Te Kura Wānanga so a stay over. over. Um, and so I was really worried about my friends back home and how they were doing and you know, whether or not they were safe, how their lockdown was going. Um, But, yeah, I remember at the same time that we had to keep safe where we were just in case, you know, we had to take precautions. But um, I remember coming back home and hearing about the things that my friends had to do, like they weren't allowed to go to all They weren't allowed to message people on their phones like I was allowed to. Um, And, yeah, I just remember hearing horrific stories about how they saw things, police cars. And at the time, my parents were actually in Aussie, so they weren't there to, you know, be supportive as much. Mm -hmm. It was actually quite a horrific experience, you know, how someone could do that to the Muslim community and let alone... Christchurch, a bunch of innocent people.
0: Yeah, I think it was slightly different in the fact that of course the mosque shootings and the quakes were felt by everyone, but with the quakes there was a self there was like a sense of like, this was beyond our control. Whereas with the mosque shootings, I do feel like there was some sense of did we really just let this happen? Where's the, where's the vulnerability come from?
2: You know? Adolescence and, like your teenage years are a mercurial enough period um, in a person's life, like under normal circumstances. You've had not only the earthquakes and not only the mosque shooting as well, but now there's
0: now there's a global pandemic.
2: Have you ever thought? Have you ever taken a step back and thought, man, I've had a really weird teenagehood.
0: Yeah, it is definitely like a crazy, crazy um like generation of high school students and stuff as well. Because I'm obviously once again bringing it back to the perspective of usual like Christchurch teenagers and going through all of that and it's just been a disturbance after a disturbance but I think it all sort of shaped the resilience which you can sort of associate with someone who's grown up in Canterbury now.
2: Do you think there is an unusual resilience to people who have grown up in Canterbury in that time?
0: Yes, I think there definitely is Um, and that's just a matter of if you've gone through so much not only will you be desensitised to it but you'll also understand how more like how to cope with it and it becomes just a part of life which you have to deal with first earthquake terrifying second earthquake terrifying by the time you're at like the 30th aftershock what are you going to do like you know it's just there it's just a part of your life
2: has that kind of manifested in in terms of your everyday life
0: or, or, or how your personality has developed do you think on like a very broad level i think sure yeah um and just bring it back to i don't know about how much it's affected me overall or if i want to speak for the generation overall as individuals Mm. but specifically in terms of handling yourselves and ourselves in those chaotic environments has been huge like the mosque shootings like when that happens like once again that chaos at school everybody has to leave um you're out there it was actually kind of a callback to, I remember, like, I thought about in the earthquakes when we were all standing there on the field and the principal himself was checking off kids as their parents came and collected them, and the same thing happened in the mosque shootings after lockdown. So it's been a very interesting experience.
2: With all of the stuff that you've had to deal with, before, you know, before the age of 18, that is crazy. And like, Yeah. Do you, do you feel like you've almost had to, like, grow up... Faster? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in a way I do. Um, I notice that I, I'm quite mature for my age when I want to be. Um, but yeah, it has been tough for not only myself but my family as well.
2: How do you think of Christchurch now? Like, do you like it as a city?
1: Yeah, I love it. Um, the broken buildings there a tourist attraction, they show our history, what we've been through. Um but yeah, I love it. I love Christchurch now.
0: Yeah, no, I I love the city, man. It's quite nice. But obviously it's progressing. It's got it's come from a very broken place and it's building up slowly, I guess is the word. But and I think that's a frustration how slow it is, but it's all understandable. Yeah, no, it definitely is cool to see new stuff pop up and the city sort of come back to life. Not that I really got that much of a look at it when it was initially all booming, as I hear. But it's cool to see it come back and see new buildings open up and we've got all these new modern tech companies and stuff in the city as well. So you really start seeing it build back up. I left
2: Christchurch 10 years ago, about eight months before the September quake. And now when I go back, it's kind of like a doppelganger of the city I once lived in. There's no hack in the city centre where the high school kids used to congregate after school to smoke cigarettes and eye up students from other schools. And the old Anglican cathedral where I spent hundreds of hours singing as a choir boy is bowed and broken. But the city itself has persevered. It's making new memories for a new generation. Jasmine Keating plans to head to Otago to study Māori at university when she graduates. She wants to be a teacher. Anga Vaish is also heading to Otago to study health science at the end of this year. He hosts a podcast with his classmate, Ethan Minera. It's called The College Podcast, and it's on Apple and Spotify. That's it for today. I'm Emil Donovan. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so other people can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Rangi Poek and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks to Jasmine Keating and Angad Vraish. Kaki te anō.